This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and we have a, I guess, again, a little bit of a different style of podcast today. Not, uh, not too much, not too much going on, and I, I just really kind of wanted to get this out there for everybody to listen to. I really want to briefly touch on the Mickey Calloway incident that happened, and I also have a talking fans segment that I'll put into this as well. And I honestly, I really want to get into the Mickey Calloway stuff when we have all of us to talk about it because it's a little bit different, a little touchy of a situation for me, in my opinion. And, you know, I'll, I'll get to that shortly. But guys, as always, I just want to thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast and everything that you guys have done to make this podcast what it is today. Without you guys who listen to this, we are nothing at all. I just want to thank you so, so, so very much for giving us support to do everything that we do here on Talking Halos. And guys, if you like what we have going on, please, please, please tell a friend and also subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it, as well as give us a review wherever you listen to it, because I love you know seeing those reviews and what we are able to do. So it is a, a lot of fun to see that. Guys, if you had any questions, comments, or topic ideas, or just want to join us for a talking fan segment like we're going to have with, I believe his name is John coming up next. Please, please, please shoot me a message on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. You can shoot Brock a message on Twitter at BDROX8, and you can always email us at TalkingHalos at gmail.com. You may also send us a message on any social media site you follow us on. Please go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. The more you follow us, the more interaction we have with everybody on there, and it's, uh, it is it is a lot of fun. Again, we're doing so much on Instagram right now between myself and Brock that, you know, it, it, if you're not following us there, you're, you are missing out on a lot. So guys, please follow us there, and also keep an eye out for the website. We still have that in the mix. I'm, we're hoping to get it out by the uh, opening of spring training. We will see how that goes, though. And uh, before we get going any further, guys, give us one second to pay the bills. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of this program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course 
full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. And now, back to Talking Halos. All right, guys, enough with all the introductions and ads. Let's get this show rolling and talk some baseball and you know, some unfortunate news that broke this past week was the Mickey Calloway incident that is out there now. And if you haven't read it, I'm assuming that everybody's read it. You know, I, I, I don't even really have to go into the details and I, I don't want to, especially not on this podcast when it's just myself, because I don't make very good conversations with myself. If, if you listen to any podcast that I do by myself, I just kind of go around in circles and don't I don't sound correct. So I, I want to talk about this when I have Brock or Nate or... Derek and even John on the podcast because it, 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 it it's that. But I, I will give my my two cents on this in a sense, and I I just have one you know little thing to say about the whole situation. And you know it, it does look bad right now. It does, but let's just be patient on the situation. I know that's hard for Angels fans, especially when I know that everybody is not patient, especially with the free agent market and Trevor Bauer and everything going on and especially with the world that it is today, you know, and everybody wants to be sped up and going so quickly. I just, I, I really have to ask, like, let's just kind of be patient on this situation and see how it develops because everybody has skeletons in, in the closet. Everybody does. And, you know, th- this could be a deal breaker in the making Callaway thing, you know, or it could come out to be nothing at all and a huge overreaction. And, you know, it, it ends up being what it, what it is. And, you know, that's honestly all that I really want to get into right now with this whole Mickey Calloway situation is just be patient at the moment. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't go out there hating anybody because I did, you know, this, this actually even stems off of my post that I posted, I guess, a couple nights ago saying that the angels are cursed and everybody just, not everybody, but a lot of people did just decide to lay into ownership and players and people involved in the situation, hell, even politics, and that's not something that, especially politics in general, that's not something that should be included in baseball, and it it sucks that we have to get to this point in the world that this world revolves so much around politics that it has to be brought into sports, because sports are really supposed to be a getaway. They really are. It's supposed to be that two, three, four hours that you're able to just sit there and watch the game and not have to think about anything else. Really, that that's that's what it's that's what it comes down to, and the fact that you're a fan of that team and everything. I, I just please, please, please be patient on this whole situation and see what happens as it develops. You know, I, I it doesn't look good, and it wouldn't surprise me if Mickey Calloway is gone in the next few weeks or hell, even before this podcast even comes out. But just be patient on this, and also realize that in no way. Am I backing up what Mickey Calloway is doing at all? You know, I, I just think that it's only fair that, you know, we don't jump to conclusions and, you know, just throw somebody under the bus or somebody right away just because these reports come out. 
I just, you know, be fair with it, be patient, and let's see what happens with this whole situation. Guys, I, I want to get on to a little bit, I guess, better news. We have a talking fan segment here, and that is going to be with a gentleman that messaged me on Twitter, really wanted to come on and talk a little Angels baseball. And I'm super excited to get this talking fan segment going again because I enjoy talking to you guys. I, I really do. And if you guys want to jump on and talk a little Angels baseball with myself, Brock, Nate, Derek, John, you know, it, just shoot us an email, shoot us a message, shoot myself a message on Twitter. If you're not, you know, shoot us an email at talkinghalos at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on. We can talk. I'm only going to do this until spring training to opening day until the games start going because it's going to be very hard to get people on during that time. But yeah, the, the gentleman that's coming on, his name is John Frisch. And guys, without further ado, here's this little bit of the talking, the talking Fans episode with John Frisch. All right, guys, I am here with our latest talking fans. We haven't done this in a while, little while, and I'm super excited to talk here. I like doing this because, like, I mean, off the record here, I was talking to John, and he does all these, like, super cool things now, and I love talking to everybody about everything they do, and I'll introduce him. John, John Frisch, how you doing, my friend? I'm good, Jared. How are you, man? I'm not doing too bad. Like I said, I'm excited to get this going. I love talking to all the fans and, you know, about what, about baseball and then their life in general. I mean, I just think it's super cool to know as many people as possible. So, John, you are, if it's okay, you're in Pasadena, correct? That's right. Why not the Dodgers? <laughs> well, you know what? I was actually, I was born in the Inland Empire, so uh, oh. I lived out there for most of my life. And man, when you get out to San Bernardino, Riverside, Redlands area, like, it's all Angels out that way. There's Dodger fans, but, it, you know, big time Angels fans out there. So, I grew up with three older brothers who got me into baseball and you know, got me into the Angels when I was little. I'm a lefty, so when I was like three or four years old, J.T. Snow was my favorite because he was left-handed and played yep. first base. <laughs> and, you know, the, the reasons why you choose your favorite players are little reasons like that when you're a kid. But mm -hmm. for me, I didn't really – I've always been an Angels fan, and I was a fan back in 02 when they won the series. And But I really started paying attention probably around like 2009, 2010. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always been – uh, a family thing so even my nieces and nephews are into the angels but uh you know i moved out to pasadena about five years ago um i love the city i love old town pasadena but yeah it's it's not easy business being an angel fan <laughs> in dodger territory <laughs> yeah I, I i can imagine and uh you know you were talking about you know growing up do you have a favorite memory maybe at the stadium or anything like that or a game that you remember going to that you know really sticks out to you besides the world series because i think that's kind of cheating Talking about right, the World right. Um, when I was young, my brother and his wife and, and her brother, we all went to an Angels game, and uh, they were playing the A's, and this had to be like maybe 03, 04. We got on TV, you know, when they were coming back from a commercial break, so mm -hmm. that was exciting. But I think a recent memory that was pretty cool was uh, seeing Jeter's last game at the stadium. Uh, my oldest brother and I, we took his two sons uh, to the game, and, and we got to see – one, we got to see Weaver pitch, and just like there was like a bases loaded situation, and he got out of the inning, and everybody just went wild. But also, it was cool to just see the fans like showing all that respect to, to number two. So that was a pretty awesome moment. Yeah, yeah, and I think I mean speaking of that, I think we may have a farewell tour this year a little bit. I know it might not be the same with all the fans, but I mean maybe seeing Albert Pujols walk around. And, you know, it might be his last year. I know that it's not been the greatest of stints with anybody, but, 
I mean, tip, tip of the cap that if it is his last year, that, you know, it's an amazing career, you know. <laughs> I, I know it hasn't been the best with the Angels, but, again, Albert Pujols, it's pretty similar to Derek Jeter. So I hope we get to yeah. go as fans and watch him. Absolutely. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, you know, we're coming up on his last season on the contract, and I know in some ways we're looking forward to it, to look toward the future, but, man, you can't deny, like, just how many great moments there have been, not only in St. Louis, but, like, you know, we haven't had as much success as, as the Cardinals did with Pools, but, I mean, we get to see all the milestones and, like, you know, we, whether we're watching him on TV or at the stadium, like, he's just – he delivers on those milestones. It's pretty cool to see, so. Yeah, and I was hoping to see his 500th home run. Didn't get to see that yeah. because I believe it was in Washington. Was yeah. able to see 600. I got super lucky, and nobody nice. wanted to go to the game with me. And I finally got – and I finally had my girlfriend go with me, and, you know, it was – it was great. I actually was sitting down the left field line underneath uh, in the 200 section, almost right where it landed, and the guy with the ball walked up right next to me. Super cool. I actually found out that I knew him, the guy who caught the home run ball. Oh, no way. Yeah, so it was super cool to see that. And I ran down, and I got really close to seeing where the ball was and all that. So, yeah, special moment for me. And it's always cool to see those those milestones at the park. Have you ever seen one, any milestones live, like no hitter or anything like that? No, not in person, oh. man, unfortunately. But, I, you know. I've been blessed to see a couple. I've seen both no-hitters. So cool. Yeah, I've seen both no-hitters. I saw Vlad's, I think, 400th. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun, you know. But enough about me. On to you here. Um, I'm going to let you finish up the team here. I'm going to let you play a little bit of GM here. I think we need another starting pitcher. I think we need yeah. another reliever. Unless you're going to put Cobb in the pin, but I still think you need a reliever, and I think you need a right fielder. Uh, so go ahead and finish it up, John. What do you What do you think? Where do you think the Angels go? You can be realistic, or you can play as Artie Moreno and spend as much money as you want. I love that. Well, you know, <laughs> I thought you made a good point on your podcast, uh, like the last episode about Cobb, and I didn't even think about him going to the bullpen. So I, I, you know, that's a nice option. But you're right in the sense I think we need we need one more guy in that rotation, and I. You know, everybody's been saying it all season long. Like, we were kind of, you know, cheering for Bauer to come to Anaheim. I, You know, I put that hashtag out there a few times <laughs> just for fun. And, you know, to be part of the moment, be part of the, the zeitgeist, you know. And, and, <laughs> no, uh, it's no, no, not a problem. Everybody gets – I was even – I think I even hashtagged it once or twice just to, you know, please a couple fans that are out there. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, it would be great, like, you know, in an ideal world we get that – you know, that frontline starter that we need. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, I think I think Odorizzi is the most realistic option at this point, you know, because I know we got some salary cap and whatnot. Um, and so I'd really like to see them make one more move in terms of starting pitching. And, and for the bullpen, honestly, like, um, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, Jared, but, like, uh, Trevor Rosenthal is still out there, isn't he? He is still out there. He is, and that, that's another very interesting name that I don't think has really been linked to the Angels, but knowing how an offseason goes, I would assume that the Angels have talked to Rosenthal and his group in some capacity, and I don't know where he would go, You know, whether he goes back to a place that he likes, maybe Kansas City or something like that, or if he wants to come to you know the West Coast and pitch in Anaheim and be maybe not a closer, but you know someone who can be that back-end guy, that would definitely solidify a really nice back-of-the-bullpen for the Angels because I think that 
I think that they have a lot of fun pieces if you put Berea in the pin and Sandoval right. in the pin and those guys. I think there's a lot of fun pieces, and I think there's a lot of multi-inning guys that you can rely on out of that bullpen, which makes it a lot more expandable and helps out with starters as well. It doesn't put as much strain on the starters. So, yeah, I'd love to see the Angels go and solidify that back end with Rosenthal, and then if they get in trouble with Iglesias in the later half or, you know, if Rosenthal isn't that guy in the later half in the ninth inning, you know, you, you can at least interchange those guys. So I, I, I think Rosenthal is a very interesting option for sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's interesting, like, I know every year the conversation is the same. Like, what are we going to do for pitching? What are we going to do for pitching? And, you know, looking back, I know 60 games is not a lot to look at. But at the same time, um, you know, you think about 14 blown saves or whatever it was. I mean, that's not on the starters, you know. And I I really feel optimistic about the guys that we already had before, you know, Quintana and Cobb and, and uh, bringing those guys in. Um, you know, there's always room for improvement. But at the same time, I think those guys made a real leap forward last year, especially in such a weird season. And, you know, I think that – I think they can do it again. And I know some guys are on the hook. they got one year left with Bundy and Heaney, but hopefully we make some moves there. But at the same time, I'm excited about that young crew. Like, there's just something about uh, uh, Sandoval, man. I, I see him go out there, and I know he hasn't had a lot of success. I know he was doing better out of the bullpen. But I see something in that guy, and I'm like, man, I want him to do well. So <laughs> I'm yeah. ready for him for sure. <laughs> no, and then the hometown, the hometown crowd thing, too. I mean, he's a, I think he's from – Santa Margarita as well. Yeah. So just that being there makes you know him wanting or him being an angel that much more exciting and him succeeding as an angel that much more exciting. But you bring up actually an interesting point that people I think a lot of people forget, and that's that the Angels have such a young staff as well. I think right. two years ago they were the youngest starting staff in baseball. So yeah. I mean, yes, the Angels have had their pitching load, but I think that maturing is a huge thing as well. So. You know, Griffin Canning taking a step up. Heck, even Sandoval, and we saw Berea last year out of the bullpen take a step up. There's a lot There is a lot to like, and there's a lot to like in the future as well. I know that Griffin Canning is the only guy that you can really trust right now that's going to be around in 2022. But there's a lot of, not I'd say not a lot, but there's some interesting young pieces that, when matured, could be decent. I mean, heck, even Jose Suarez, who hasn't been the best, and we all know that is one person or one pitcher that could mature and becomes a nice little piece, a nice four, maybe three starter at best. So I, I don't know. I think they're young. I think that they still have a lot of maturing to do in that rotation. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, there's there's so many things to be excited about, too, with Detmers and Rodriguez coming up and, you know, probably see some, some Detmers time up in the majors this season, maybe toward the end of the season if, if things go – according to plan, but, um, yeah, man, you know, as far as, as far as being the GM and wrapping up the off season, like, I think, I think Odorizzi is, is a good option. Um, and you know, uh, I think I, you, you brought up a good point about Rosenthal. I think he is set on being a closer, but Hey, maybe for the right price, he'll come and play for the, the nice weather and, <laughs> and the, the great stadium that we have. So exactly what happens. Exactly. <laughs> so you're missing one spot. That's right field. What do you think is going to happen? I think it could be. I know it could be. You can say Adele because there's a chance, you know. And I think there's also a chance that 
Taylor Taylor Ward plays out there at some in some capacity. But, you know, I think that they make some type of move to maybe platoon Ward out there or even go with a starter. But do you have anybody in mind? Man, you know, I'm thinking about options. I, I, I can't think of anybody in terms of free agency. So, you know, if you're, and I don't know that the Angels, if they're going to make a trade, I don't know if they want it to be for an outfielder considering they have, like, such a surplus of, of young guys. So I think if I'm, you know, if I'm in charge, like, I, you know, you saw Taylor Ward kind of start to come around toward the end of the season and, and not in the way that Walsh did, but at the same time, like, I think that, you know, he's starting to, he's starting to get it and he's starting to, to put it together. Um, so if, if there's some combination of, of Ward and Adele or maybe even Marsh gets some of that time, like, you know, maybe Marsh is just really impressive in spring training like, like he was last year and, and gets that spot and they just, you know, they pull the trigger on it because then, you know, you got – the veteran in, in Upton and, you know, Trout's a veteran too, but, you know, he's still in his prime. And then you got the young guy in Marsh. I, do you think Marsh plays center in that case? It's, it's hard to take Trout out of center because that is kind of where his value is. But at the same yeah. time, he's he's such a – from an analytical standpoint, he's such a bad defender out there <laughs> that I don't think that it actually takes away from his value. It's kind of weird. Right. You know, yeah. he's such a good hitter that it doesn't matter where he plays. But – yeah, I don't think I don't know. You know, I think that having uh, bringing those guys up when Trout is around and playing center field, and even Pujols is around, and Rendon's around. I mean, Rendon's going to be around for a while, and so is Trout. But I think Pujols in particular, and having those young guys come up and learn from Pujols and those type of guys would be humongous for them. I really do Definitely. like it. when you can learn from three of the greatest players of the last 20-plus years, that's a huge step. So I, I, I'm i hoping that if – I mean, if I was Brandon Marsh or Joe Adele, I am asking for a locker right next to those guys, and I am following them around the entire the entire offseason. I mean, not everybody should be doing that because of their track record, to be honest. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I don't know where they go in the right field category. Yeah, it could honestly. be anybody. Brian Goodwin's yeah. out there, which is kind of would be kind of a fun platoon option with that's true. Ward, bringing, so. bringing him back in, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he was nothing, no pun intended, but he was nothing but good to us. You yeah, know? And, and he really broke out in the in the two seasons he was there. So, um, well, I guess one and a half seasons, but um, kind of an unexpected surprise, and uh, one of Billy's classic moves of getting that guy who's kind of overlooked, and then he kind of does a good job, you know. Um, but yeah, I just I, I I don't know. I'm personally excited for the future, and so if we get a young guy out there um, playing right field, like that's okay with me. I mean, I think that the rest of the team, as far as offense goes, like they can more than pick up the slack of of a guy who's still learning the ropes and, and trying to figure it out. But as far as, as as Adele goes, I saw some video of him taking at bats in the cages, and it was like, all right, he's changing some things up. It looks like he's you know, taking that, that kick out a little bit more and, and, you know, doing less of a big step at the beginning of his, of his, uh, wind up and, or his swing. And, um, so, you know, I'm sure they're all out there like trying to make improvements and, and get ready for the season. So I think, I think spring training will actually be really interesting to watch considering like who's fighting for that, who's fighting for that spot, who wants to get to the team. And like you said, who wants to play with, Pujols and Trout and Rendon, like, who's going to be that guy? So I think it'll be, it'll make for an interesting spring training for sure. Oh, heck yeah. I, I'm I'm super excited for just a 
normal in a sense spring training and to see a normal regiment from these guys too because everybody was kind of off and even in a 60 game season everybody was kind of yeah. off so that that's my biggest thing is I, I just want to see before everybody writes off Adele and says all right we got to move on to Marsh or Adele's nothing we need to trade him you need to see him in a normal season because even the year before that he wasn't healthy the full season so right. I, I you, you got to give him just a little bit more time he's still young and, and yeah, I don't know if he's ready for the major leagues next year. And I was saying that when, you know, even last year, I don't think he's ready. But at the same time, it wouldn't be a bad thing to get him at-bats, especially if the Angels, God forbid, start losing right out of the gate. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. And I kind of want to make a right turn here and kind of go off baseball a little bit. And you told me something pretty cool before we started talking about That's a certain good. place that you worked before. And it's okay if you don't <laughs> want to talk about this. You can say I passed. I don't want to talk about it, but give me the coolest thing that you did on the Ellen Show because I know you told me you worked on the Ellen Show, and that's a pretty cool thing. I'm not gonna lie. Was there something like super cool that you guys were able that you did there? You remember? Or I'm assuming you met Ellen a couple times, right? Yeah, I got to say hello every now and then. That's I mean, cool. she's always busy running around, so not a lot of time to to stop and chat or anything. But you know, <laughs> you get a, you get a wave every now and then, and that feels cool. But I got to say, like the the best thing about uh, you know, getting to be backstage was uh, our my family's huge Seinfeld fans. Like I've been watching that show since I was eight years old. Me oh, too. I shouldn't have I been watching it. it when I was a kid. <laughs> 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 um, you know, our family our family is like we're obsessed with Seinfeld. So when he came as a guest, he was promoting uh, comedians and cars getting coffee. I love that show had, too. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> he had he had Ellen on the uh, on his show, and so he came on as a guest. And, you know, when they come, you're kind of told, like, hey, you know, unless you're directly involved, like, don't really bother the the talent because, you know, they're there to do their job and show up and, and go on the interviews and things like that. And they just want to go about their day. But, man, um, he was leaving, and uh, he was he actually ended up going through the, the door that we as a staff go through. So I, I ran into him, and I really wanted to say hi, and I was like, no, 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 I shouldn't. And then he actually – it looked like he forgot something, so he ran back to his dressing room. And then I was kind of standing by craft services. And the best thing was as he walks by, he stops and, like, looks at our cereal selection. And, you know, he's obsessed with cereal. <laughs> and so he's, like, standing there looking at it, and I'm just right there. And so I just – I had to say, hey, Jerry, it's nice to meet you. I'm a big fan. And he was like, oh, thank you so much, and shook my hand. So <laughs> I got to take that home to my family and brag about that and be like, this is the hand that shook Jerry Seinfeld's hand. <laughs> You can brag about that with me because I I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. I love it. I oh, love right Jerry on, Seinfeld. Oh, dude, so. it was great. It was great. It was I was like ecstatic the rest of the day. So that's it was, it was so that, cool. That's super cool, I, man. That's and it's it's like that when you see anybody. Like I've seen Trout in person up close, and oh. you see so many of these guys up close, and it's like, well, you're here. This is this is this is a little bit different, and that was a huge thing for me when I I did the Mike Trout press conference after he signed the big deal. And that was my mm. first thing for the major leagues that I've ever done, nice. reporting-wise, was that. That's so cool. Yeah, that was – I'll hold that with me forever. But I was able to talk with Artie Moreno, talked with Billy Effler at the time, and I remember taking the elevator, me and – I'll say their names, Taylor Blake Ward and Brent McGuire. We were going up the elevator to go to – go sit or something or go grab a bite to eat, and we – the elevator door opens, and it's the Trout family right there, right in front of us. <laughs> I'm just like – oh, hey, how you guys doing? And they're like, oh, hi. I was like, well, 
congratulations, and just walked, and just went up, and just kept going up the elevator. So I know that feeling, and you know, it's it's hard. You get, you know, in that position, it's hard not to be a fan. It really isn't. It's really hard not to be that guy that says, "Oh man, I love you." You know, so I, I get it. I totally do. I, I I'm there all the time with it. So. Especially yeah. when you have an admiration and just like you, you've enjoyed them, you mm-hmm. know, on TV for so long. It's like, man, you're right here in front of me. You're a real person. So yeah, that was that was a really cool moment for sure. And there's, uh, you know, once or twice I got to be on uh, on the show, um, like in a bit part and and in the background and stuff. So you know, good memories there. I made lots of good friends and uh, still keep in touch with them since I left and. Uh, yeah, I really, I really can't complain about the, the time that I spent there. I All enjoyed right. it. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, and then final, did you ever get scared by Ellen? Did she scare you? <laughs> Not me personally, but she's sca- Like, she she goes after the screamers, right? Like, the of ones course. she knows are going to have a huge reaction. And, like, I'm more of a jumpy person rather than, like, a, a screamer, yeah. you know, when it comes to being scared. <laughs> but, man, she, she would get my friends all the time because they would just, you know, when they screamed, it was, you know, up to 11. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. I know we had to talk. I know we were talking Angels baseball. I had to ask that. You said that, and I was like, you know what? I think <laughs> I some of the people that. that listen to this are going to enjoy this little conversation that we're going to have. So <laughs> back on to a little bit of Angels baseball, and I guess I, I honestly – I really haven't read into it that much. I've been working all day, and, you know, something that you brought up to me, I've seen some stuff about it, and that's Andrew and Simmons coming out today. I guess I'm going to put this podcast out in a day or two about being – I think it was um, – battling with depression and thoughts about suicide and that is you know a huge thing in today's society and the fact that first off he had the courage to come out and say it that's a big thing I I think to getting back to that normality of not that you'll ever be normal not normal in a bad sense but not that you'll ever not stop thinking that because I think that's always in the back of your head when you have those thoughts but the fact that you were able to come out is a huge step in the right direction. That's a courageous step. And I'm going to let you take the floor away because that was one thing that, that was the thing that you brought to me saying that, hey, I really want to talk about this. So, you know, I, whatever you want to talk about this, let, let's rip and roll because I'm a huge advocate in the whole, you know, suicide stuff. I, I you know, if anything like that ever happens, you know, I'm the first person to jump on it and say, you know, let's let's kind of, you know, take a step back in, in a direction and such like that. And the fact that I don't know the whole background story behind Simmons, and I don't think any of us really ever will. But, but yeah, I'll have you take it away here because I, I really haven't read up on it or anything like that. So Yeah, well, you know, he, he uh, I think he talked to Jeff Fletcher um, today about it. And, and um, so Jeff put that out. And, you know, he, he talked about, well, two days ago when, when, uh, he was doing his media call about signing with the Twins. They asked him about leaving the last week of the season, and he was like, you know, I don't want to bring it up just because I think people are going to misconstrue, like, my story and, and whatnot. Then he, he spoke to Fletcher and <clears throat> told him, you know, I, I thought about it the last two days, and I think it's really important that I share this. Um, but, yeah, he, he was dealing with – issues like uh, uh, thoughts of suicide and, and anxiety and depression and, you know, thought it was best for him to, you know, to leave the bubble essentially and, and go back home. And I just thought it was really interesting because, you know, as fans, like we sit here on the other side and think like it's so easy to be a ball player. And, you know, when you're a professional, like 
you're you're regimented, you're you're um, you know you're consistent with your practice and and you know with your team and um, you a lot of us don't under, like I'm speaking purely from a fan standpoint like we don't understand the pressures that these guys deal with especially like in a game like baseball where it's like if you're bad like that that's your you know it costs you money if you're bad like you know you your livelihood is at stake if you're bad and on top of that you know we had the pandemic pandemic just raging last year during baseball season and you know these guys have to you know stick to the bubble and make sure that they're keeping themselves safe and and their teammates safe and like so already on top of the regular pressure of a professional baseball player, you got this whole other level of, you know, trying to stay safe. And, and so I thought it was really important that he spoke out and was just honest about what was going on with him because, I, one, I think it's important for people who are struggling with anxiety and depression to see somebody that they admire. And, you know, there's a lot of people that admire Andrew and Simmons and, and, you know, just how good he is on the field and, and the kind of guy he is. Um, and at the same time, like he didn't have to do this, but I think it's important because there were so many fans like asking why he left in the last week of the season and, you know, kind of questioning like, Oh, you given up on the angels, you're abandoning the team. And it's like, you know, if a, if a pro like Simmons who, you know, has given his heart and soul to the team for the last so many years, like he's not just going to up and leave and quit the team and, and walk away like that. Like, he's got to have a pretty good reason. So, I don't know. Like, I, I felt it was good that he spoke out and just kind of shared that experience and shared what was going on with him. And at the same time, like, it's kind of good to, you know, for people who were saying that he gave up, it's like, well, no. Like, he had a very, very good reason to, to put away the last week of the season. You know, I know that there was, like, a small chance, and I'm sure he could have, contributed to that but you got I'm I'm just happy he looked out for his own health and his own livelihood and and for him and his family that's the absolute best thing so yeah you know and you bring up a lot of very very good points with it I mean you've been behind literally behind the scenes of something and you understand there's so much that goes on behind the scenes yeah. of anything that I mean fans in general don't know you know whether it's the Ellen show whether it's baseball whether it's you know even like a high school that you're going to teach, like as a teacher, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes there as a student, right. you know? So yeah. And that's, that's rough, you know? And I hope that a lot of people understand that and kind of feel bad about giving Simba shit for that, you know? And I don't like, I, I don't like to cuss like that on the show, but don't, you know, don't, it's one of those life lessons where, you know, don't give people you know shit for that type of thing. You know, they obviously had a reason and, it, it was something that I don't even know if I can really bring this up, but I asked around and I said, hey, what's the reason behind it? And I never got a full answer. I never heard about this thing, but there was always that like hesitation before anybody answered to me about this whole situation was, oh, you don't need to know, you know? Yeah. And I was like, well, I think there's definitely something else going on. And the thought always crossed, like, I hope it's not between him and management, or I hope it's not between ownership sure. and him, you know? That, that, that was sure. my huge worry always and hearing this come out in a sense is a relief that it yeah. was never anything that had to do with like arguments going on and it was more personal that was just from a baseball standpoint and right. you know I know that during that time it was tough for everybody I mean I there were nights I mean back in March and April where I didn't sleep you know yeah. and a lot of people I had 
the same issue, I can only imagine, you know. So it was a tough time. It still is a tough time, you know. And right. I'm glad that he came out and had this stuff to say about it. I don't have to go through and read that article because I'm just getting home from work, just like everybody else and all that. But, you know, it's – it's um, I would say it's a – not a good thing, but it's it's a weird feeling to think that professional athletes like that who have the money, who have the fame, who have all that – still deal with something like that, like this, right. you know, it's, it's a crazy thing, you know, like you think that they're so loved, they're so, you know, they have all the money, they have all the fame, that they don't have to worry about that stuff, and the fact that they get this type of anxiety and stress and all that is, proves the point, first off, that baseball is incredibly hard, right. I, I don't even think that's really a point that needs to be made, baseball is an incredibly hard thing, and to play baseball during that time is, is so tough, so, like I said, extremely extremely happy that he came out with this it's a, it's a huge step in the right direction for that anxiety stuff and i like i said i've deal, dealt with anxiety as well and it's a good thing to go and talk about it i think we all deal with anxiety and it's a good thing to talk it through with people with anybody so yeah i i i'm all for him i was a huge simmons advocate before i'm still gonna in fact it makes me admire him even more that he can come out and oh, yeah. talk about this i i love the fact that he's been able to do this and I hope that he can go through and get whatever help that he needs and continue to get the help that he needs to to push through this because he's too damn good of a baseball player to make this an issue you know on and off and it makes you think like I wonder if some of this you know might have hampered his playing ability too and I hope it does didn't because I hope that when he's on the field that you know that type of thing goes away but who knows it might not have you know and we've had the issue with Aaron Cox Mike Trout's brother-in-law not right. too recently with everything that happened. So, you know, it's just it's just another huge point, and I am extremely happy for him that he was able to come out and talk about this, and it wasn't anything totally negative within the organization as well. You know, we didn't see any drug issues or anything right. like that come out, anything else that needs to come out with the Angels. Like, I'm just I'm, – I'm not happy <laughs> that he had – I'm not happy that he had that, you know, but I'm sure. happy that, you know, nothing – horrible happened and that he was still able to make it through everything so well yeah. and it's like you know on one hand it's like you're right at least it's like enough it's not another issue with the organization itself because mm-hmm. lord knows we have plenty of stuff going on right now you right. know and that we have to deal with and um but i also think it's a big step toward um you know making the talk around depression and anxiety like more normalized mm-hmm. and you know, getting rid of the stigma that it's like something you shouldn't have versus, no, this is a thing that is real and we can talk about it and we can be open about it and and we can deal with it. And um, so I think when you have an athlete like Simba, you know, sharing his personal struggles, it's going to inspire more people to be more open to the conversation. And I think that's a a good thing at the end of the day. Yeah, and I hope that, you know, Major League Baseball – not that they don't have enough to deal with already, but I, I hope that they are able to kind of run with stuff like this as well and get yeah. him the help and other players the help that they need. Just like the drug abuse and, you know, what we're seeing with Mickey Calloway now. Not that right. it's, not that he's assaulting anybody at all, but, you know, the fact that that's going through that. I hope that Mickey can go get the help that he needs if he so wishes. And right. I hope that, you know, the, the people – that we see with all the 
assault issues. I hope that Major League Baseball can help them through all that stuff too. So, yeah, I, I, I think that this is a huge point for Simmons. And I think that Simmons could really uh, – he can take this and run with it as well and help others too. I mean, I think he's already helping others with this by just coming out and saying that this is – you make a great point. That this is a normal thing. Like, people have this. It, it happens, you know. It's not Definitely. it's not a freak thing, you know. Like, <laughs> I, uh, professional athletes have it. So, I'm extremely yeah. happy that you, were, you brought this up to me because I honestly – wasn't going to talk about this in, for a little while until everything else in the Angels organization cooled down. So <laughs> I'm I'm happy you brought this up, and I'm gonna I'll bring it up in the next podcast with with whoever I bring on the next podcast. Brock, Nate, Derek, all those guys. So thank Hello. you. I, I appreciate you bringing this on. I do definitely. No, I'm glad we got to talk about it. So yeah, and I appreciate uh, everybody who listens to this podcast as well. If you want to come on and talk, you know, talking fans like myself and John did. I know I have. Um, at least one or two more guys, people coming on that's wanting to talk a little Angels baseball, and I love it. Like, I love these conversations that I have. I love meeting new people and even talking Ellen to Jenner. I can't even say her last name. Ellen. I just go by Ellen. I love talking a little Ellen. I love hearing the background stories of, of all this stuff. So I appreciate you coming on, John. It, it's it's fantastic talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jared. This is so cool that you do this with the fans and love listening to the podcast, you know, whenever you guys drop a new episode. I just, I mean – you know, I've been, it's the off season and I've been craving, you know, conversations around the angels. So I listen to you and the guys and, uh, I love listening to Brent's podcast too. So it's just, it's fun. And, and so it's really awesome to, to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Brent have been friends forever. Like through high school, I'm going to be one of his, one of his groomsmen in his wedding. So yeah, oh, awesome. me and Brent are super tight. We, we, we work our way through the angel system and are always talking about angels. So it's good to Good to hear his name brought up on this. And like I said, always thank you so much for coming on and talking a little, talking fans and Angels baseball with us. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate it, man. Not a problem. And you guys have a great rest of your day. And also realize that in no way am I backing up what Mickey Calloway is doing at all. You know, I, I just think that it's only fair that, you know, we don't jump to conclusions and, you know, just throw somebody under the bus or somebody right away just because these reports come out. I just, you know, be fair with it, be patient, and let's see what happens with this whole situation. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.